listening to Cap Chat, the show that connects you to the faces, voices, and stories of CapFam. We help you tap into CapFam, the network of thousands working together to help each other succeed. I am one of your co-hosts, Mary Claire Kunkel. We also have... I'm John Honecker, another one of your co-hosts. We're just a plenty. They Absolutely. just create a bunch of co-hosts. <laughs> and uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about We Learn Without Boundaries. We're going to expand upon that a little bit more. I know we talked about it in the previous episode, but we're going to dive into it just a little bit more. We have two more guests with us. We have Dr. Stephanie Gray Wilson, who is the Assistant Provost for Experiential Learning. And we also have Ariana Shannon, and she was a Summer Chemistry Fellow, and she did some really awesome research that she's going to talk a little bit about but I can also let you introduce yourselves for yourselves. Tell us a little bit more. Sure. So I'm Stephanie Gray Wilson. I'm the assistant provost for experiential learning, as Mary Claire said. Um, I'm a psychologist by training. Um, and I, as my role, try to provide opportunities for students and faculty to do all of the cool off campus, outside of the classroom kind of learning that takes place at Capitol. Yeah. And I am Ariana Shannon. I am a fourth year um, chemistry and biochemistry student, and I like to take advantage of all the outside learning um, that's offered here at Capital. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm super excited to hear about your guys's experience and uh, perspective on different things. Let's dive into experiential learning. Now, there was a little bit uh, in the previous episode, we called it something, but there's a preferred name for it. Yeah, so sometimes it's called service learning. Okay. Um, um, we prefer experiential learning is a broader category. Okay. And so in, we talk about community engaged learning as one type of experiential learning because it's not just volunteer work. It's actually working with community partners. When you um, say experiential learning, I just I, I can't help but think of like textures like it's just students being like, this is tree bark. Right. So I'm is learning. it that or is it something different? It is something different. So um, so when we talk about um the kinds of experiences we want our students to have, we really focused on focus on high impact practices. So those are specific things that have been shown to increase student learning and student engagement. Um, and both of those things lead to the things that we want, right? So students to pers persist in college and to graduate from college. Um, and the benefits of those experiences are actually even higher for first generation college students, minority students. Um, so it's really an important um, aspect of what we do at Capital to get students engaged in those kinds of things. Um, and so as experiential learning, as you said, it's not quite hugging a tree, but it's getting out <laughs> there and doing things, having experiences that allow you to bring your classroom learning to life, whether you're working on a research project in a lab or you're working with a community partner on a project, you're actually experiencing in a broader way, how you can apply the things you've learned in class. And you said that experiential learning is a huge factor in making sure that students not only persist or stay yes. in college, yes. but actually graduate. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what is pointed just because they're like, wow, learning is awesome. This tree is great. Right, I'm right. Keep yeah, so, tree. So, the, so there are a number of different specific things. Like there are specific things that are identified as high impact practices. So there's data that supports. So high impact just means that that you're going to stay and you're going to graduate. So that's what we sort of operation define as high impact. And so there are things like study away and internships, undergraduate research, capstone projects, um, 
community engaged learning, first year seminars, the first year experiences are all examples of high impact practices. And I, th- and it's, I think as you, the to answer your actual question, um, <laughs> it's because students see how their learning is relevant and how it applies outside of the classroom, how they might use this in their career, how they might use it in their community after they graduate, hmm. you know, how to be an engaged citizen in the right. world. Um, so they just help you students develop the kinds of knowledge and skills and attitudes they need to be successful while they're a student in their career, in their community, in graduate school and yeah, beyond. That's awesome. Hey, Cat Fam, I want you guys to know about something super, super important. It is Countdown to Cap. You got to save the date and join us for Countdown to Capital on Sunday, April 14th from 1 to 4 p.m. Come celebrate with us with a fun-filled day and meet new friends, connect with faculty, staff, and current students. Get the lay of the land and be part of the CAP fam. If you're currently in the process of making your college decision, you could even, quote-unquote, make it official and commit to the CAP fam at the event by submitting your enrollment deposit in person. If you've already submitted your enrollment deposit, reserved your spot in this year's incoming class, this event will be a great time to celebrate and anticipate all that is to come in your time on campus. Don't miss this opportunity to pay capital another visit. Learn more and register at www.capital.edu slash countdown. See you there. Would you guys... Uh, like to dive into each of those categories. There were some that I was actually, un- we talked about internships. Mm-hmm. We talked about study abroad. There were some other ones. I know, Ariana, you did research. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you did there and how that was like yeah. a high impact learning experience? Yeah. So I did um, an entire summer of uh, biochemistry research here at Capitol this past summer. Wow. Um, and it really, um, do you want me to talk about the research or? Um, uh, let's dive into the research uh, after we talk about just in broad sense, like what that research did in terms yeah, of your yeah. education. So actually it was really funny because I went into the summer um, apply, starting to apply to medical school. Um, and so I was really um, pretty much getting ready for that. And then I started to get into the lab. I started to use some of the things that I had learned throughout my entire year in biochemistry and my other science courses um, actually in practice. And it was um, really an eye-opening experience because I realized that I did not want to go to medical school. Um, And that I actually um, was way more interested in doing research um, for long term. So I ended up applying to um, OSU for graduate school. And so next year I'm going to graduate school. So without um, just the opportunity to, to do that for an entire summer, I probably honestly wouldn't have known. So it was like super defining in Absolutely, your like, yes. college journey. Yes. I wow. would say that this past summer has been one of the most impactful that I've had um, over my time at Capitol. I've done a lot of um, different different things during my summers, but just getting to um, really dedicate myself to an entire research project using what I'm actually learning instead of just um, normal like two to three hour labs. Um, it's been, It was really... It was really interesting. That's crazy. So internships, study abroad, research, uh, and then uh, I wanted to talk about the other ones that you said. So community engaged learning. Community engaged learning. So that's a really really big part of who we are at Capital. We feel um, 
that we want to be good neighbors to the folks around us. And and um, if you know much about where we are in the city of Columbus, we are surrounded by neighborhoods who have a lot of need and challenges that they face. Um, and so we work with, not for, community partners. And so that's why we prefer community engagement rather than service learning. So okay. we work with partners to identify challenges that they're facing we think about the things we want our students to learn about working with diverse populations and how to solve wicked problems, you know, big challenging issues. Um, And so we partner with a number of different organizations and schools um, in our community to work on projects together um, to try to solve problems. So um, for example, right now we have a group of students who are working with first English Lutheran church. Um, They are on main street, just a few miles away traditionally have served a really impoverished um, congregation and their neighbor neighborhood because Columbus is growing so quickly is becoming gentrified. And so now they're trying to figure out how do we continue to serve the folks that we traditionally have served and our new young professionals who are buying houses and rehabbing them and so forth. Um, So we're helping them work on a social venture where they're um, going to produce cookies for sale. Um, And so they'll, They'll sell those to the folks in the neighborhood who might be interested in, in those projects and uh, products, excuse me, and at other churches. And then the 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 development of those cookies and the business model and all of that will allow for um, some like career skills training for the young people in the neighborhood. So okay. they'll be the ones learning how to make the cookies and how to sell them and how to balance a budget and come up with a marketing plan, working with our capital students who are doing that stuff in their classes. Um, and then the resources from those, That's the awesome. profits of the cookies then will be used to help support other programming at the church. So that's a, you know, just one example of the kinds of projects that we work on that, that they identified the challenge. We brought our knowledge and resources and work together to help our students learn and help improve the outcomes for their folks in their neighborhood. So, Watch out, Girl Scouts. City Scouts is right. on <laughs> the move. Right. Do so, they make a thin mint? Because I will give... Many much money. Right, right. <laughs> Many much. We're gonna let we're gonna let the brownies take care and Girl Scouts take care of that. But okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Okay, just uh, curious, asking for a friend. Right. Uh, and then what was another? Of yeah, our so um, capstone projects are another example of a high impact practice, and so that's um, often in some majors it's required. I don't know if you have to do a capstone in chem- I do chemistry not. and biochemistry. I do so. in film. Okay, mm-hmm. so you might be able to talk a little bit more about what a specific a example of a capstone project. So take it away. I know <laughs> it differs between person to person and also between major to major. So how I fulfilled my capstone credit, I took a class called immersion. And so we created a documentary about Capitol in the 60s. And so it was a whole class that worked together, interviewing different people and creating this project. Um, So getting that experience. And I know in years prior, they did work for clients. So they went out to different businesses on Main Street and said, hey, we're going to um, we can make this commercial for you and working with those people. And I think in my major specifically, we do that. A lot where I know in my advanced video course that I'm taking right now, our final project is making a documentary for a small nonprofit. And so working with clients um, like, oh, this is your vision. How can we bring that to life? And that's built in. Um, But for a regular capstone, it's this project that you do that's culmination of everything that you've learned and working that all in together to something that you're really passionate about into researching and then giving maybe a presentation, maybe 
a project. I know my friends who are in religion and philosophy, they write um, a thesis. And so it's this super long paper of some sort of topic that they've researched really in-depthly. And they're now almost like an expert about. Huh. Yeah, so you, that's exactly right. The perfect description. Was I not supposed to graduate because I didn't do a capstone <laughs> project? So they aren't required in all majors. Okay. Um, so they're required for students like in communication and most of the humanities. They're required for honor students. Um, but they're open to any student. They can do a capstone project. And as Mary Claire described, it's the culmination of all of your learning. So things you may have learned in your major classes, in your signature learning classes, general skills you've developed doing some of these other high impact practices. Huh. Um, so you, know, you can do a, a traditional undergraduate research project like Ariana did as your capstone. So it can it's it's what it looks like depends on your discipline. That's fantastic and yeah. specific. That's right. that's good. That right. it, I, I mean, you want it to be catered to each individual in their learning journey, right? Right. Uh, was that four? I've lost count. I think that was five. Five. I think. Is and I mentioned first year seminars, first year classes. So is that orientation? So it's not orientation. So all capital students there during their first year take a class, a first year seminar that's specifically for first year students. Only first year students in the you class. You should shower. There you go. <laughs> First class done. It's not quite that practical. There okay, are some right. there are some, you know, how to do college kinds of things built in there, like okay. where how to register for classes and where the registrar's office is and oh my gosh, um, I still have student that success kinds of um, things built in. But there's also content um, built into those courses too. And so depending on who the faculty member is that's teaching the class, um, they vary quite a bit. So for example, um, Dr. excuse me, Dr. Bell in psychology teaches a science and pseudoscience class. So she talks about like what makes something scientific, what, why are these things, you know, like Bigfoot and dousing and ghosts, not scientific. Um, and then a really cool part of her class had a high impact practice built in, a community engagement piece. They invited all of the sixth grade students from the Bexley um, City Schools here where Capital is um, for a day to go around to a pseudoscience fair where they the students presented on their different topics to the science students huh. from sixth grade. Um, so another one, religion and popular culture, um, Dr. Stamper in her class, they talked about, um, Anthony Bourdain has said that um, religion is a, or excuse me, that going to Waffle House is a religious experience. So they <laughs> talked about like, what makes something a religious experience? And then they went to Waffle House and sat there and observed and you know did a critical analysis of whether or not going to Waffle House is a religious experience. I have been to Waffle House at I think every hour of the day and depending on my life stage. Is it a religious experience? I I wouldn't call it a religious experience. <laughs> or have you not taken the class so you don't necessarily know what right. defines what a religious experience? To yeah. The situation. To the I'm just critical analysis of the peanut butter on my waffles. waffles. Yes. <laughs> Which that's how yeah. you should experience waffles, peanut butter. Peanut butter. So. I think this all kind of falls under the phrase learning happens everywhere, which is right. so common, but it also is kind of abstract. So what does that mean to you, both of you? Learning happens everywhere. So I guess to me, um, taking like kind of a more scientific stance of it, I can apply pretty much anything that I learn Um and just my daily life, um, like, for example, taking biochemistry or physiology or anything, you can 
um, just take a look at something as simple as, um, well, I work at Orange Theory too, so I get to see kind of how what I learned in the classroom is applied to like my work and what I see people do in the studio. Hmm. For me, it's kind of interesting just seeing like how processes happen, um, seeing it play itself out. That's great. I can't get the visual out of my head of SpongeBob. You know how he does imagination. <laughs> he's doing learning. It's just everywhere. It's That's actually me. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Ariana's learning happening everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, students learn at Capital clearly in their courses. They have their major courses and signature learning courses and um, other electives that they take. Um, but then you also learn while you're engaged in co-curricular activities or you learn how to live with other people in your residence hall. Yes. Um, <laughs> or, um, being employed on campus, you learn, you know, job skills about, you know, you do have to come every day. It's not like class where you might skip every once in a while. If you skip at your job, you lose your job, you know, <laughs> so it's learning those kinds of life skills. Um, and then you get off of our campus to work with community partners or to do an internship or students sometimes will do research at Nationwide Children's Hospital or at OSU wow. yeah. Medical Center. So there are places where they can actually physically get off of our campus to do this kind of work. Learning does happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it happens management. forever. Yeah, that's you know? the other piece of it. It, doesn't, it happens anywhere and forever, right? So students can continue to learn. That's the idea. Yes. So we want to teach them how to learn so that when you, you know... When you're old like me and you decide you want to learn something new, how do you do that? You know, what do you need to know? So there's a lot of dialogue around, you know, once you stop learning, you know, insert a very bad thing. Yes. Some bad thing's going to happen yes, to you. <laughs> yes. And I get it. It, it. it really does happen everywhere. And so to take advantage of all those opportunities, that's a crazy amount of opportunities, yeah. um, has to make the university experience so much better. Right. Right. Um, which I hope it does. <laughs> I, like it. I, I, like it I concur. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit, uh, Ariana, about your research project uh, and dive a little bit more in depth into one of these categories that we talked about, these high impact practices. Practices. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much a pro. <laughs> and my vocabulary is so large. Yeah. So um, essentially I played with chicken eggs all summer long. Um, and so we researched, <laughs> we researched a okay. um, protein, in, which is found in normal chicken eggs. Um, it's called riboflavin binding protein or RBP because that's a lot of words. Um, but essentially riboflavin binding protein um, is known to have a copper binding site um, within the egg. And we were testing the specificity of a lot of different um, other metals that are found in the egg to um, that protein in order to see um, what it really binds to and um, if it's binding to the copper binding site or if it has any other nonspecific binding. Um, and so these are a lot of scientific terms, but yes. pretty much. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> yes. But I'm following along perfectly. I, You're a pro. Yeah. That and string theory I got down like, yeah, <laughs> Easy. good. No, I would love some a little bit of interpretation. Yes. So um, when uh, when an a chicken uh, lays a he- when a chicken lays an egg, um, it has to have all of the nutrients for the egg. Um, and sometimes these nutrients are different metals. Um, and metals to any organism, you, me, if you have too much of it all at once, um, then it can be poisonous. It can be fatal to hmm. the egg. So um, there are certain things in um, the chicken the chicken's egg that um, keeps it from getting all of these. Um, 
nutrients all at once. So one of these is uh, that we believe um, this isn't completely proven yet, but this is what we believe it to be. Uh, We believe that this riboflavin binding protein is holding on to some of these metal ions and releasing it to um, the embryo as needed instead of um, all at once, pretty much. So that's uh, really the core of our research. We're really just trying to find out some more um, knowledge about this protein so we can know how it kind of works within the chicken egg. Um, It's nothing super groundbreaking, but it is just pretty much basic research that contributes towards um, just a a pool of knowledge, which is useful, which can be useful down the road. Okay. So yeah, no, it is. uh, It's benefiting a, what you said, a pool of knowledge. So it's, it's something that could be uh, incorporated in a lot of different areas, whether it's, you know, food reproductive I anything don't know. <laughs> pretty it, much anything biochemistry it, yeah um anything physiolo- f- uh, physiology wise uh food i actually never thought about that very much um, i well when you said you played with eggs for an entire semester <laughs> and also like, the word how, protein how and we were many? just talking about waffle house so he's thinking about food. yeah sorry <laughs> it's on the mind i was like can you make a good omelet like is that uh, i actually can okay i See? um if there's one thing that i learned this summer is one how to crack an egg perfectly without getting any of the yeah i'm sure learning happens everywhere so uh that's very interesting and in a lot of depth into something that i never thought i would learn we're all learning we're learning in the studio but uh ultimately that experience you're um giving the benefit of that changing your course in your college path so i mean that's huge yeah you mentioned symposium and in the last um episode Seth also mentioned symposium. Can you um tell us a little bit what symposium is? Yeah, um I think it's a super fun day of learning. Um so symposium is pretty much a conference that we just have here at Capitol where um it spans across all different disciplines. Um Specifically in science, we do poster sessions, and I know they do poster sessions for other disciplines too, um, but it's really a big day where you can um, pretty much show off what you've been doing for um, the entire year, and different people give um, different talks on like what they what their research that they've been doing, but maybe you can speak to it a little better. I know you kind of Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so this is our 23rd annual symposium coming up this year, oh, so wow. we've been doing this for a really long time, and one of the things I think is... Um, maybe unique, but certainly something I love about Capital is when we talk about undergraduate research, it's it's anyone who's doing anything that contributes to the knowledge base in their discipline, regardless of what your discipline is. So it isn't just hard sciences like chemistry and biochemistry, but social sciences, the humanities, uh, folks from the conservatory give presentations, business students can be involved as well. Um, last year, we had like over 250 presentations from almost 300 different students. So some of them are pairs of students or they do projects in class. And it's just, as Ariana described perfectly, just a celebration of all the cool learning that students are doing. Um, And it covers the span of disciplines. So I think that's a very cool um, piece of it. And it's a community-wide celebration. So we set up the posters in the field house. There's a lunch. It's open to the the public if anyone wants to come. Anybody can come to these and be Uh like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing to these chicken eggs? And you're like, well, let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you all about, all about the chicken eggs. As you yeah. eat these perfectly cracked omelets, <laughs> I'm going to tell you all the things. About the proteins. Yes. Right. About the proteins. That's, so we, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, yeah. you're, I'm interrupting you. Continue. 
So we want our students to do all of this really cool stuff, but we also want them to share it, right? So it doesn't really, you know, do much for the general population if we keep all of our cool knowledge to ourselves. And so we have our own on-campus presentation, but we also send students regularly to conferences. So we're getting ready to send 13 students and two faculty to the National Conference on Undergraduate Research in Atlanta. Whoa. Um, and they're giving presentations from things as varied as um, trying to um, count the number of white-footed mice on our primer property, which is our bioreserve, to medieval versus modern understandings of near-death experiences. I mean, everything. It covers a wide, you know, wide range of topics. And we send students there every year. And when students do the cool kind of work that Ariana's doing and get accepted at a conference, the university funds their travel. So they we pay for airfare and hotel. And what? so it's a way for folks to get their knowledge out to, um, to the rest of the world. Hey, we're so glad that you spent time with us today on CapChat. I wanted to give you a quick update on something you should be aware of if you are coming to Capitol in 2019. The Capital University Class of 2023 Facebook group is an exclusive hub for admitted and committed Capital students. Is that you? We know that you all are super excited to meet your future classmates, so you should join the conversation by introducing yourself and learning more about the individuals you will learn with, grow with, and even maybe lead alongside. Come on, who says that CapFam has to wait until summer orientation? If you're an accepted Capital student, you should go ahead and search Capital University Class of 2023 on Facebook and submit your request to join today. You can also contact your Capital Admission Counselor who can send you a link to join. See you on the Class of 2023 Facebook group. Uh, so we're going to thank you so much for giving us your perspectives. We're going to wrap up and I would love just elevator pitch one thing that you would say to incoming first year as they're thinking about all these different opportunities of high impact learning high impact i think i missed it though practices high impact purposes so as uh first years are hearing about all these high impact practices uh what is like the one thing uh that you would give them as they're considering all this yeah, so I would really just tell um, all the first years to get involved in whatever um, research that is going on in your discipline. Um, you can never start too early, honestly. Even as a freshman, you can be involved in different research. And also just other ways that you can be involved um, in learning outside of your classroom. It's super um, helpful to when your resume, to you as a person, it really makes you more um, have a more robust personality and um, improve yourself. Um but yeah, it also really does add, add to your resume and make it very nice. It's awesome. Yeah. And to kind of echo what Ariana was saying, um, get engaged right from the beginning. And all of these things we've talked about are open to all students. So from your very first moment on campus, you can get involved in community engaged work. You can start talking to faculty about getting involved in research. Wow. Any of those things, you have to do a capstone towards the end. So you have to work up to that. So you can't do that in the first year, but you get prepared for those kinds of experiences and you know, trying to work on, you know, where you want to go do an internship, all of that, you can start from the very beginning and it's open to all students in all majors. Um, so I think that's a very cool thing to keep in mind. Yeah, that's awesome. These are the tools, everybody, you guys, it's, it's at your fingertips. It really is. <laughs> you can do it. Thank you so much. This is CapChat again, the show that connects you to the faces and voices 
uh, and the stories of Cat Fam. Thank you guys for sharing your stories and your faces and your voices. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking more about all these different subjects in other episodes. Make sure to like, subscribe, share if uh, this is relatable. You know, all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatever that happens new. There's going to be a new social media thing that happens. Do it on that as well. Thank you so much for listening. This is CapChat. Chat.